intervention. come down out of that and actually make it you know decrease the noise but hey it's our first try first try doing that thought it went pretty well right yeah it's great man i loved it dude i thought that was fun man that was cool i'm kind of pumped up right now it feels so official yeah it really did man except for like without coming down or just completely ended all at one time (laughs) anyways what's going on guys welcome on into fantasy intervention yes we have yet another episode for you guys we have the waivers today and joining me to do these waivers is Nate. What's going on, Nate? How you doing, man? Doing great, Chase. How you doing, man? Whew, just busy, man. Staying busy. You know how it is. You know, last Always. night, of course, you know, we, we had our, our show where everybody got in on it. And it was a giant shit show. I'm not even going to act like it was the best show I've ever done. It was terrible to an extent, but it was still a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Did you have fun last stuff, night? Man. Oh, yeah, man. It was so much fun. That was great. Yeah. So if you guys want to figure out, you know, who you want to what keep trading cut, for, of course, you know, this whole trade deadline that's going on. Make sure you guys check out our stuff on youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Go to our last episode and check out our trade special, our trade deadline special. But yeah, let's go ahead and kick this one off. And I wanted to start out by saying the Saints are not in trouble. People are overreacting. In fact, for fantasy, I think it actually might be better that Jameis Winston is the quarterback over there. I know. Shocking. Shocking, right? Are you sitting there? Are you concerned at all? Are you concerned at all for the Saints and the fantasy value going on over there? Not at all, actually. I think Winston's a little bit more dynamic of a passer at this point in his career than Breeze has been. And I think think guys like Michael Thomas, I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to benefit from it. Kamara is obviously going to benefit from it. You've got a quicker, more mobile quarterback. I think they're just going to have more opportunities in the air, especially with Winston in right now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Drew Brees with 5.3 air yards per attempt so far this season. 5.3. Like, that's absolutely terrible. And I'm not saying that Drew Brees is a terrible quarterback or anything like that, but when it comes to him pushing the ball downfield with any kind of velocity, we've seen a, a significant decrease in his ability to do that. So when we go back and we look at, you know, last season's stats, right, for 2019, He was third in true passer rating, right? He was first in true completion percentage. He was seventh in play action completion percentage. He was fifth in red zone completion percentage. He was seventh in deep ball completion percentage. And he was third in uh, pressure completed percentage. Meanwhile, clean pocket completion percentage, he was number two. This year, we're looking at third overall for true completion percentage, which is great. But then when it comes to play action, he's 13th. When it comes to red zone, he's 19th. You know, when it comes to pressured completion percentage, he's 20th. So there's just certain things that are falling off for him big time. Now, he's still throwing an okay deep ball, but my concern is how often he's throwing that deep ball. And once again, I'm not saying that Drew Brees is bad. You know, he's extremely efficient overall as a quarterback, but now we have Jameis Winston and a combination, of of course, Taysom Hill stepping in to an extent. So... This is something as to where I could actually see a lot more, you know, 
downfield targets uh, moving forward and a lot more air yards per attempt. This could end up helping out Emmanuel Sanders. This could end up helping out another guy who we're going to talk about here, you know, very soon. And of course, Michael Thomas could benefit along with the tight end. You know, we know, we know that Jared Cook can get downfield and catch some of these deeper targets out of that seam position. So it's something looking forward as to where Winston could actually be a little bit of an upgrade, right? We already know Winston has all the talent in the world. He was first in passing yards last season. He was second in passing touchdowns last season, and he was fifth in yards per target. If he can get utilization out of Kamara and he starts to check down just a little bit more often than he did with Tampa Bay, right? And then he still gets some of those attempts downfield. We could see this offense actually transform into a good thing for fantasy football. Now, yeah, I, I think so. I, I completely agree. I mean, I've been kind of leery of anybody in the Saints organization as far as fantasy goes with Winston in this week and going forward, I'm more apt to grab somebody off waivers if they're there or trade if I'm looking for somebody and if there's somebody out there on the block. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me is the fact that everybody's sitting there saying that, that Drew Brees, right. Is going to be back in, in less than three weeks or in three weeks, but that doesn't make much sense to me because he has what five fractured ribs and he has a punctured lung. Like, have you guys ever had multiple cracked ribs and a punctured lung before? Because, I mean, I haven't, so I don't really know. But I'm assuming that's very, very uncomfortable, right? I mean, I'm thinking five weeks, six weeks, maybe even seven weeks, because that's the, the normal timetable for somebody that has cracked ribs and punctured lungs because you can re-injure that. Now, they do have those jackets and whatnot you can wear underneath your, your jersey and stuff. But, I mean, why force... Drew Brees to come back in three weeks if Jameis Winston is playing well or if Taysom Hill at quarterback is playing well. I mean, look at the schedule. We've got Atlanta. We've got Denver. We've got Atlanta again. Then we've got Philadelphia. Kansas City is kind of tough, but then Minnesota and Carolina is the schedule moving forward to the playoffs. Why not leave Jameis Winston in for five or six games during the schedule if he's playing okay? I think you have to. And I, I mean, Brees, is, he's, did he just turn 40? And maybe yeah. he just turned 40. Uh, dude, I'm 38, and I don't rebound from stuff like I used to. And I'm not a professional athlete, but I can't imagine with those cracked ribs, like he's going to have much range of motion for the next three, four, or five weeks. Yeah, this is, is something, this is something we definitely have to check out with the real Adam H or the real Adam underscore H moving forward because he, you know, he does our, our injury reports. And tonight we actually have a show with Steffi Smalls over there. Steffi's going to be live with us. And she's, she's actually going to be breaking down some of these injuries. So this is something that we'll bring up with her. But yeah, Drew Brees is actually 42. So, you know, moving forward, this is not something as to where I think that they're going to force Drew Brees to go back in the lineup. Now, with Jameis Winston going in and having this insanely easy schedule, like, I think Jameis Winston's going to benefit. And if he just learned a little bit, just took a little bit from Drew Brees, right? And Sean Payton over there, like, I think that he could absolutely be a monster moving forward as long as he doesn't turn the ball over. Now, that's always been the issue, but still. I'm sitting there, and to be honest with you guys, it's going to be a tough week to stream quarterbacks. So, Jameis Winston, for me, might be the only guy that I'm willing to stream and the only guy that I'm actually spending fab on. I mean, in two quarterback leagues, I'm actually willing to put, I don't know, close to 40% of my remaining fab on Jameis Winston because he could be that superstar that actually expands this offense. Are you somebody that will be picking up Winston off the waivers? I will. I'm in some tough spots quarterback wise. There's just not a lot out there. And like you're saying, I mean, his upside is huge and he's out there. And at this point, I mean, we're pushing for the playoffs. He's a guy that can put you over the edge if you can get him. 
I'm grabbing him 100%. Oh, man. It, yeah, it, it's something that I actually love to dive into this week. Now, another guy that I wanted to bring up is Kirk Cousins. He's the only other guy that I can actually see as a streaming option. This is the longest fleet yet, Tim and Mike. You got me. You got me, man. All right. So, you know, moving forward, we have Kirk Cousins, right? And he has Dallas this week. My concern is the fact that you can still run on Dallas, although you can throw on them as well. And honestly, I feel like the Vikings are just playing angry over this past few weeks. And they're showing that they have something to prove. I mean, they're winners of three straight games. And two of their past three losses this season were by one point apiece. So it's not like the Vikings have been bad. They're a bit on a mission, man, and they can blow Dallas out, which means that Kirk Cousins won't see more than, like, what, 20 attempts? So I don't know that I'd spend fab on Kirk Cousins, but this is the only other quarterback that could actually see, like, you know, trying to grab off waivers if you're a guy that streams. I mean, we're talking about guys like Lamar Jackson, uh, Murray, Russell Wilson, uh, Big Ben. These guys are all having, you know, like, easy, easy matchups, and they're kind of taken away from all these streaming options. The streaming options just aren't there this week. So Kirk Cousins, for me, is probably the only other guy. Is there another quarterback out there that you want to pick up and play this week? You know, a guy that might be on the waivers? Alex Smith is one I've thought about. Um, I feel like he feels like he has something to prove, and he's having fun. I mean, 728 days between starts. They thought he was going to die. They thought he was going to lose his leg. They thought he'd never walk again. Definitely thought he'd never play football again. He's got Terry McLaurin. I mean, that's, I feel like he's kind of a sneaky waiver wire pickup if you can get him. I know in Dynasty, a lot of people probably have him stashed, but in redraft, I think you can find him and probably not have to blow much in the way of fab on him either. Yeah, it's something I swear it just makes me a little bit nervous with Alex Smith because they don't use, they don't pass in the red zone, you know? Right. Like, what did he throw for like 390 yards this past week and had zero touchdowns or maybe right, one yeah. touchdown? He didn't have a touchdown. Yeah. So it's something that's where they don't pass in the red zone. So you're just going to be racking up yards possibly while also, you know, not getting that upside value and touchdowns. So right. let's go ahead and look at this running backs. All right. <clears throat> because there's running backs, certain running backs that I want to spend fab on. There's some that I want to pick up and hold, right. You know, maybe hope for something to come. And there's guys that I think you're just wasting fab bucks on. And it's just like, it's almost like frustrating because we see all these sites and they're putting up 10 to 15 guys a week at each position that you should pick up and play. And it's like, who has the money to do all that? Now, Damien Harris, right? We've been talking about for probably three or four straight weeks as a guy that you have to pick up and a guy that you can play from week to week. And he's 58% owned. It should be up at like 80% by now, but he's 58%. So you might still have a chance for him. But what the hell have y'all been waiting for, right? Now he's going to cost you an arm and leg to pick up because he's got Houston up next. And yeah, it's, it's something as to where like the, the whole narrative behind new England and not wanting to play one of the running backs is kind of out the window. All right. Like we're not that surprised by the way things have gone. We've been talking about Rex Burkhead and how he's, he should have exploded over this past two weeks. And he has, you know, we've been talking about Damien Harris and how he's playable in multiple different matchups. You can kind of see what's happening because the, the Patriots are now running more often than they ever have. All right, I went back 10 years and I had to cut it off because I ended up getting busy with something else. But I went back to 2010 and they have never ran as many times per game as they are this year. The closest other time was in 2012 when they had this historical offensive output and they were still two runs per game less. That's 32 or what? Yeah, 32 runs in a season less than what they were doing. 32 runs in a season could end up, you know, transforming a, a RB4 into an RB1 essentially. If you get 30 more touches in a season. 
But yeah, so, Damian Harris runs like he's angry. And I love that. I love to see that just from a viewing perspective. And if like a guy you want to grab stats out the window, he runs angry. And in that offense, I mean, like you said, they're running the ball a ton, a ton. He's the guy. Yeah. Well, it's him and Burkhead and Burkhead. He's owned in less, uh, less percentage of leagues than Damian Harris is. Yeah. And Burkhead, by the way, in three of a, three of five matchups has at least 10 touches, right? He has at least 15 plus pan- fantasy points in those three of five matchups. They got the Texans. They got the Cardinals. They got the Chargers. Like this could punch you a ticket into the playoffs if you end up picking up one of these guys and playing them. They are worth the the uh, waiver wire fab or your waiver wire priority, whatever you end up playing. Are you picking up uh, Burkhead and Harris? Uh, I love Rex Burkhead. Um, yes, I'm grabbing both of them, and I'm willing to spend a little bit on them. I mean, Damian Harris is going to be expensive. Rex Burkhead probably still isn't for some reason. I don't know why people sleep on him every year. He always does something. He's always reliable in that offense. And yeah, you're right. I mean, he's getting, he's getting a lot of targets, a lot of touches. Yeah. I probably actually grab Burkhead over Harris at this point, just from a spending on my fab perspective. All right. So go ahead and give us your guy. Go ahead and give us the guy that you were looking at real quick. So I like Salvin Ahmed. Um, Gaskin, we don't know when he's going to come back. He, Ahmed just looked good. 75%, um, God, sorry. Uh, 75% snap share. He, he definitely fits into that Tua offense, and they're using him, and I love to see it. I think he's a guy you want to grab, and he's probably not going to cost you much. He's rostered, what, 1% of sleeper leagues right now, 2% of sleeper leagues, something crazy like that. I mean, definitely a bargain. And unless you're in a league with a bunch of really genius people who listen to us all the time, they're probably not going to be going after someone like Salvin Ahmed. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I love Salvin Ahmed. Like, always love Salvin Ahmed. Um, he's a guy that, you know, up until the combine, I actually had as a third round overall pick for Dynasty rookie drafts. You know, maybe, maybe early fourth, a little bit of a sleeper, depending on where he landed. Then he didn't get drafted. He ended up going to the 49ers. And I'm like, oh, man, the 49ers found their guy. Everybody else was on, you know, Michael Hasty. I was on Salvin Ahmed. Obviously, I was wrong for that particular time. But then he goes to the, to the Miami Dolphins, and he's showing everybody why I had faith in him, you know, going into the season and why he was one of my top running back rookies for, you know, sleeper perspectives. And boom, he's going out there and he's proven it, like 5.8 yards per carry, just smashing bases. Now, my concern with, with Ahmed is the fact that when he, you know, Gaskin's come back, Gaskin comes back, then we're going to see a drop in, in touches, obviously. But, you know, Gaskin hasn't always been like that model of, of health. Right. And he honestly, like we didn't even know he was going to be the starting running back going into the season for Miami. So if Salvin starts to split carries with him and proves that he's a better running back in space, which by the way, he looks amazing. We could see Salvin Ahmed, like actually, you know, kind of force Gaskin to, to take a reduced role. Meanwhile, especially in dynasty leagues, you could see a golden ticket moving forward. Now, do I think they draft a guy for future reference in dynasty leagues? Absolutely. But just saying, I think that it is absolutely worth a shot on Salvin Ahmed on the back end, and you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for him because, like you brought up, he's not going to be a guy that most people are going after. Right. All right, now this one feels gross, but I got to say it. I have to say it. And, you know, I was like, pump the brakes last week because I, I was going to say him last week, but and I decided not to because he got put back on the practice squad. He got activated again, and he has grabbed my attention. And honestly, I loved this guy who I'm about to mention. I loved his physical attributes. He was just never in the right season. or I'm sorry, never in the right system. So now he has Anthony Lynn. 
right? As his head coach was a running back he- uh, head coach, right? He came from, I believe, well, it was it's uh, Buffalo, you know, worked with bunches and bunches of different running backs, and he has gotten the most out of his guys. And yes, that is Kalen Balaj. Kalen Balaj is an absolute waiver wire pickup because guess what? He has the Jets this week. Eckler, dude, his, his hype video where he's like, guys, I'll be back soon. It was him running a straight line at like 40% of Eckler's you know, known speed. Like, I don't understand the hype behind that video. It made no sense to me. That just showed me how far away Eckler was, which is week 13, week 14. Dude, Kalen Balazs is a pick of a play this week up against the Jets. How do you feel about Kalen Balazs? Are you calling it? You know, I was really hot on Trey Main Pope, and I kind of beefed him up last week in some of my columns and on our podcast, and I was wrong, man. Ballage looked good, and I think Ballage is the guy until Eckler comes back, and I think he's somebody I'm definitely wanting to grab. I also think there's a chance that even when Eckler comes back, we still see Ballage have a fairly decent role in the offense. I mean, he's, it's definitely going to decline a little, but he'll still be around, and I think rest of the season, he's a guy, he's worth at least a little bit of fab. Well, he's what they were hoping Josh Kelly would be. So if he ends up taking Josh Kelly's role, that's still going to be 10 to 15 touches a game. Right. And goal line carries, by the way. So, right. yeah, I'm, he's an absolute pickup for me. And then the last running back that I have to spend some waiver wire fab. Uh, I don't know if I have to, but you guys can do it. I'm going to seed my point and I'm going to say Naeem Hines. Oh, man. Sometimes you have to admit when you're wrong. Maybe I was wrong here. Hines has a sexy schedule moving forward. And yeah, I guess you have to go pick him and play him. Uh, he's clearly the RB1 right there. God, I mean, oh, God. You I know hurt me. it feels dirty, but it's true. Ugh. I mean, it's true. Jonathan Taylor just isn't, the guy doesn't have any vision. Like, he just doesn't have any vision. He's got power, but he's not seeing the holes. And obviously, Wright's frustrated with him. Jordan Wilkins, scared. <laughs> so that leaves you with Niam Hines. And he's been productive when they've given him the ball. Mm. God, that's uh, can we move on? I'm so yeah, tired of talking about this. It's been like 30 seconds and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> he, he looks good, man. He really does. He, does. he looks very agile, uh, you know, behind the tackles and he's creating, you know, yards that normally these other running backs would not create. Now, it's still frustrating for me because I see these these opportunities that Taylor's getting and it's almost like not fair to an extent, but, you know, it, it's something as to where you have to give Naeem Hines the respect that he deserves and I'm here to give it to him. Yeah. So. Cam Akers is my running back to stash for the future. I'm going to spend a few bucks on him, right? Because he's intriguing me. Like he's, he's intriguing as a whole, but I'm very intrigued, right? I almost put him under the don't waste your, your fab, but I'm intrigued. Like I want to know what's going to happen. I mean, it's not good that he's the leading rush for this past week with 38 yards on 10 carries. 3.8 yards per carry isn't what I'm looking for. So I wouldn't consider like a victory lap for Cam Akers truthers, but at the same time, like, He's getting the snaps, right? He's seeing the right. field. He's seeing opportunity. He's not even, I think he saw what, like 18 snaps compared to 23 by Henderson and then 29 by Malcolm Brown, if I remember correctly, yeah. it, which isn't great. But at the same time, he is still getting these rushing attempts. I mean, if he saw 18 snaps, he got the ball in over 50% of the snaps that he was on the field. Right. So I don't know, man. He has the Bucks, right? And he has the 49ers, yeah. which are fourth and fifth when it comes to you know, defenses against the running back position over the next two weeks. But, you know, I, that's why I'm saying he's a stash. Don't pick him up and play him this week. Don't do it up against the Bucks. But they are starting to trust him a little bit more. And he only has three less snaps total than Henderson over the past two games. So Cam Akers is the only running back that I'm actually going to pick him up and stash in the back end of my roster. 
I thought about uh, LaMichael P. Ryan. I can't do it. Is there a guy that you're looking at, or is that pretty much it with Cam Akers? That's it with Cam Akers. Um, <clears throat> I was big on him coming into the season. I got him everywhere in Dynasty. <clears throat> so I'm pleased. Um, having him, he's not a play this year, but definitely, man, he's a stash guy for me too. This LA offense has just been so weird this year. It's been so different from what we've seen in the past without Gurley. I think eventually Akers becomes that Gurley type back, but not this season. All right. All right. That's, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, in the same spot, same area. So let's go to a couple guys that we don't want to waste our fab on. All right. At the running back position, we got, Oh man, we got Cordell Patterson who I was touted, you know, all week as, as the guy to go with. And you know, he, he had a good game of course last night, but the bears after this week, they go into a bye week. Then they're going to change Trubisky into their starter. Hopefully, right. Trubisky should be the starter over there. He should be. He should be. And, you know, even with Foles as a quarterback who, you know, isn't mobile, Cordell Patterson only saw uh, two targets. He got a total of 14 touches on 49 yards, you know, on offense. But the majority of his work actually came on special teams where he got that touchdown. Either way, when Trisky's under pressure, he opts to run. So I think I'm actually going to stay away from Cordell Patterson and just, you know, play it as it goes and, and just let somebody else, you know, kind of jump on this, this roster bomb. So this offense is just absolutely brutal. It's just not going anywhere. Up until I see it getting over 250 yards a game, 300 yards a game minimum, you know, that's where I'll start looking into Bears players. Are you out on Cordell Patterson or do you think he's a waiver ad this week? I don't trust it. I'm, I'm out. I'm out on anything Bears at this point. I got burned on Allen Robinson a little bit this year. Um, I got burned on Nick Foles a little bit this year, too. Uh, Anthony Miller, I, I, they just, they're just not producing. Like you said, that offense is bad. They're bad. And it doesn't matter if it's Foles or Trubisky. They're a little bit worse with Foles. I just don't trust it. I don't trust it. Yeah, it, it's crazy that people are saying go out and pick him up after he got a special teams touchdown. It blows my <laughs> mind. Like these sites, yeah. some of these sites are on crack. I swear to yeah. God, they're on crack. All right, so another guy that I think they're on crack for, for promoting constantly, and it's really obnoxious because this player's obnoxious. And that's Booker over there for the Raiders, right? I mean, he oh. is the fantasy reaper no matter where he goes. He just creates pain and, and just despair, you know, for fantasy owners. And I hate it. Now, I see a ton of reports out there. Literally, I went to like five different websites just to see, you know, which guys I don't want to pick up because that's how I find them, you know, is, is what everybody else is promoting. And I'm sitting there looking at Devontae Booker like, why are you guys telling people to, to pick him up? Right. The majority of his touches come when they're in blowouts for the most part. Now, he does have a couple breakaway runs every once in a while, but you don't know when that's going to come. The majority of his touches come during blowouts and with their upcoming schedule, which is honestly pretty brutal overall when it comes to competitiveness. I only see one game where they really would feel okay using him over Josh Jacobs. I mean, we're going into the home stretch. They're going to trust their their bell cow. They're going to trust their boy, Josh Jacobs. Week 13 up against the Jets is the only week that I would even consider playing Booker. I mean, just once again, let somebody else implode their team, you know, by picking up Booker and and let him go, you know, go pull some, uh, what is called frozen and let him go. Yeah. I've never understood the fascination with Devontae Booker when he was in Denver, he was frustrating. Um, And now that he's in Las Vegas, he's still frustrating. He's behind Josh Jacobs and he's just, like you said, he's not going to get the volume. He's going to get junk time. He had one touchdown against Denver on Sunday, and it was a junk time touchdown. I mean, that game was over. 
and you can't, I mean, you can't really trust a guy like that. that's only getting junk time unless he's on a team that's constantly blowing people out and the Raiders are not that there's not that team. So I will say real quick, uh, Abagovich, did I say that right? You think? Abogovich? Abogovich. That sounds better. Abogovich asked uh, about Taysom Hill in the tight end position. We will be covering that. We will be covering that here uh, shortly. So just want to give you a heads up so you stay tuned. All right. On to the wide receivers that we want to spend fab on. You know, the guys that we're okay rolling out. And I want to go ahead and let you hit yours first. Who you got? So my first one, and... I don't know how he's only rostered in 50% of leagues, but Jacoby Myers, I mean, he's the clear wide receiver one in New England right now. You know, Edelman's banged up. And Kill Harry's like the worst route runner, pass catcher anybody's ever seen. Jacoby Myers is the guy. And now, granted, they're not throwing a lot, but when they do, Jacoby Myers is making the most of his opportunities. I mean, he's had some huge weeks. He's got 98% snap shares the last three. And he's putting up points. He's scoring. He's he's going off on some pretty long pass plays. Um, I, he's dynamic, and Cam Newton seems to really like him. And I think that's the biggest thing. When Newton finds his favorite, that guy tends to feast. And Myers is a guy that I see feasting. And they've got a really good schedule coming up, like you kind of touched on. We've got Houston, Arizona, and the Chargers coming up. And I think that's a that's an opportunity for Myers to continue to feast. And he's a guy that can get you into the playoffs. And I'm okay with spending fab on him. Uh, you're going to have to spend a little bit, but I think it's worth it at this point. Yeah, I've been talking about Jacob Myers now for a few weeks. Yeah. You know, he's not even going to be affected by Harry, right? Nope. Um, when Ferry comes back in, because Jacob Myers has been playing a ton out of the slot. You know, he might be affected when Edelman comes back, but at this point with them trying to develop some of the young, younger players, I think they're going to stick with Jacoby Myers and try and leave Edelman, you know, on the the tail end of the bench as much as they can while giving Jacob Myers an opportunity. So yeah. I do like that pick. Mine is going to go with a little bit more of a, an obvious one, but I don't understand why he's not owned in more leagues. Uh, Pittman, he looks like the real deal, man. Like yeah, he yeah. looks like the real deal and an option moving forward, almost like an every week start. Now, obviously he just had one big week, so I don't want to get too hot on him, but I would like to see him a little bit used in the red zone, a little bit more used in the red zone and whatnot, but I still trust him. Like, I think that he has that upside and still has a floor. Philip Rivers is not connecting right now with T.Y. Hilton. You know, Zach Pascal can give you some weeks and whatnot, but I think that Pittman is actually the guy moving forward. I'd be really interested to see if Pittman can actually finish out as, you know, a top five wide receiver at the rookie position moving forward. I think it's possible. I think I definitely think it's possible. I mean, the kid's talented. And like you said, T.Y. Hilton's been a non-factor. Pascal's been a little bit, but we saw Pittman last week look real good. And I think he, uh, he's a guy I'm going to grab. The biggest thing was his schedule remaining. So he has Green Bay, right, this upcoming yeah. week. But after he faces Green Bay, the best defenses, the best defense that he faces is 18th up against the wide receiver position. All the rest are in the late 20s and 30s range. So he's going to be going up against some of the worst defenses in the NFL when it comes to covering the wide receiver. I think it could be an absolute smash. Smash. Yeah. I love Pittman. Yeah, especially with Niam Hines being the RB1 there. God, gonna, God damn it. Throw the, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead and give us your next guy. All right. So I really liked, I really liked uh, Jakeem Grant. I've liked him the last couple of weeks. Um, I wrote some notes on him like three, four weeks ago, saw a couple of catches, liked his hands, liked his route running with Devonte Parker healthy. He still got what did he have? 
Oh, he had, uh, I didn't write it down. He had a lot of targets. He had a lot of targets. Um, he had four catches, but he was efficient in those four catches. I think he's a guy that Tua is going to start to like a little bit more. And with Preston Williams out, I mean, he's the wide receiver too in that offense right now. And Tua likes to throw. And I just think that he's a guy I want to grab. Well, they're pretty much the same heights. They can skirt through the defenses and ah. hit them underneath, you know? Right, right. So he saw, let's see, he saw five targets uh, this past week for four receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. I will say uh, I'm a little bit cautious when going after Jakeem Grant because his touchdown actually came on a play where I thought that uh, Devontae Parker actually had the touchdown. He didn't end up catching it, whatever the call was. I missed what the actual call was. Anyways, uh, Jakeem Grant got the next play and, and got a touchdown in there. So I'm a little bit more hesitant on Jakeem Grant. Plus, I think that Kasicki is actually going to see the biggest uptick in targets with, of course, uh, you know, Preston Williams being out. So we'll see what happens with that moving forward. I don't I, I like Jakeem Grant, but I'm a little bit hesitant on going in and spending a bunch of fab on him. Right. If I want to throw like two or three dollars on him, I'm, I'm good with that. But that's pretty much where it's going to max out. Now, let's go ahead and hop on to my next guy, and that's going to be Gallup. I'm feeling weirdly good about Gallup, all right? Like, I know this is strange to hear, right? Because Gallup isn't, you know, Gallup has been struggling so far this year, and it's not necessarily his fault. It's the fact that Dak Prescott has no idea how to look left, right? He just, like, it's the whole thing with, uh, what's it called, Zoolander, where you can't turn left. Prescott just couldn't look left. So that was part of it. Meanwhile, you know, we had Andy Dalton come in and Andy Dalton hit him on like, what, seven, seven targets in, in, you know, his first game or whatever the case was. Either way, Andy Dalton is coming back off the COVID list. And I believe that he is playing this week. I believe he's the car, uh, starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I know that he didn't see it the following game with Gallup, but Gallup still can see that opportunity if Andy Dalton is given even a, a quarter of the time that he was given, you know, in the Redskins game. So I'm sitting there and I'm actually really liking Gallup moving forward for this week, especially since they have Minnesota, which is a huge deal, obviously, because Minnesota has been so bad, so bad up against the pass. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at a potential uptick in, in targets from Gallup. And I think that he could absolutely get a touchdown this game on probably five or six catches minimum. How are you yeah. feeling about Gallup? Are you going to wait and see what happens or are you willing to pick him up and play him this week? I'm kind of going to wait and see what happens. I had him earlier in the year. I traded him away because he just wasn't producing. But like you said, Prescott doesn't look left. Um, and he did. I, the uptick with Dalton was nice. I loved to see it. I started him that week in one league, paid off for me. I'd love to see it. I'm just a little bit cautious on it. I, I've been burned by him in the past. I guess it's just kind of a gut feeling for me. I'm just going to wait and see. But if he blows up this week, I mean, I'll drop fab on him if I have to. I Makes have no sense. problem with that. Makes sense. All right. So let's go ahead and let's go on to the wide receivers to stash for the future. And I actually have a, a few guys I wanted to talk about here. Um, the first one being Traquan Smith, which I believe Cooter actually brought it up earlier. Traquan Smith so far has been miscast with Michael Thomas being out with an injury. Traquan Smith is a deep threat receiver. Right In college, he had 14 yards per reception, 15 yards per reception. In his final year, where he had over 1,000 yards receiving, he had 20 yards per reception. You know, Last year, we started to see a little bit of a breakout towards the tail end of the season. And you know, honestly, he just hasn't gone back into that role that I want to see him in. Now, 
When I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Traquan, I'm seeing a bigger, faster, and more physically gifted player than Michael Gallup, who plays essentially the same position. The only situation is his situation and the fact that Drew Brees doesn't pass it downfield very often. Now, if I had to sit there and I had to pick two other teams that I would least or would rather not have him on, it's going to be the Ravens and the 49ers, right? But outside of that, I mean, I would never pick him as an ideal situation to be on the Saints. Main reason is because of Michael Thomas and his target hog ability, but also Drew Brees, like we talked about, just doesn't pass it downfield. Right. Now, I will say that Traquan is dealing with a major concussion. He didn't move when he went down in this, this past game. He was on the field for a while. So he is a stash play to see if he passes by concussion protocol. But if Jameis Winston can really open up this offense, this could actually be the cheat code that we've been waiting on from Smith. Traquan Smith could actually be relevant moving forward. So I'm more than happy, especially in deeper leagues, especially, especially in deeper leagues. I'm more than happy putting Smith on the back end of my roster. How are you feeling about Smith? Oh, I love it. Uh, with Jameis Winston coming in, I mean, like you said, with the concussion, and this is a good time to buy low on him with the yeah. concussion. You're not going to get a lot of competition on the waiver wire. And while you probably are not going to play him this week, moving forward with Jameis, I mean, Jameis loves to air it out. Like you talked Jameis. about Jameis. He loves to bomb it. And <laughs> Traquan Smith is a guy he can bomb it to. And reliably, he's... I love it. I love him as a stash. I love getting him cheap. Anytime you can get a good player cheap, I'm all for it. And this is, this is a case where I think you grab him. Yeah. The other guy over here is going to be Darnell Mooney. And it pains me to say, but I've been waiting for a breakup from Darnell. It has to happen eventually, right? It has to happen. The, the reality is, is I'm hoping that Trubisky comes in, you know, after their bye week as a starting quarterback. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I don't trust Matt Nagy to make the right decision, but it could happen if Nick Foles is forced out for an extended amount of time. So. We're talking about a bye week, and then he has Green Bay after that. But if Trubisky plays decently, he could hold on to that starting job. And then we have Detroit. We have Houston. We've got Minnesota. We've got Jacksonville. Jacksonville is week 16. Darnell Mooney's stats under each quarterback prior to week 10 goes as follows. With Nick Foles, he's played 26 quarters. And once again, I did this prior to this, prior to this past week. But Nick Foles has played 26 quarters with 24 completions on 47 attempts. That's completion percentage of 51.1% for 262 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Meanwhile, Mitch Trubisky has played 10 quarters with Darnell Mooney, has seven completions on eight attempts. That's an 87.5 completion percentage. Meanwhile, he has 86 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. If we extrapolate those stats to make it even... Mitchell Trubisky in 26 quarters would have 18 completions on 21 attempts. Once again, 87.5 completion percentage, 295 yards and three touchdowns. If I sit there and I factor in the past four quarters for Nick Foles, it's going to get even worse because Nick Foles completed two receptions or two passes to, to Darnell Mooney for only three yards. So it'd be even worse than what it was. The only way that Darnell Mooney is going to be relevant from here on out is if Mitch Trubisky takes over as a starting quarterback, which could happen. Are you somebody that wants to stash Darnell Mooney and see what happens? Or are you not going to touch him because you feel like it could be a waste of time and roster space? Uh, I've already stashed him. (laughs) I got on it last week. And like, I agree with you. I think he's dead weight with foals on your roster, unless you're in a much deeper league. But if, if Trubisky comes back, which is the smart play from Nagy, which means that Foles will probably start after the bye. Um, but if it is Trubisky, uh, he could have a huge end of the season. Huge end of the season. 
The guy is so talented. He just needs a quarterback who can throw it to him. Like, it's all he needs. He is so good, man. His ability to burn, oh. you know, these, these corners is just insane, man. Like, I know he's not Tyree Hill, but he reminds me of, like, a young Tyree Hill when it comes to his ability to get open downfield. Absolutely. You know, I'm not saying he's anywhere close to him. I'm not saying he's going to be him. But his right. ability to get open downfield is, is phenomenal for a rookie at this point in his career. Yeah. So, on to my last guy, and that's going to be Kaderil Hodge. Right. Carol Hodge is the technical third string receiver over there, but he is the deep threat for the Cleveland Browns and Carol Hodge. He, I predicted that he would do well over this past two weeks up until I saw the, the weather reports. And then obviously I had to change that, but the weather reports have been brutal for him. Absolutely brutal. I mean, the wind, when they played, what was it? The Raiders, the oh. wind was throwing the ball around. So there were going to be no deep attempts that that week. And then they had the Texans this past week who, you know, we saw the weather once again, which was absolutely terrible. Now, Kadero does have Philadelphia, who, by the way, outside of Darius Slayton or Darius Slay, I'm sorry, Darius Slay, like have not been good. Right. Right. Then he has Jacksonville and then he has Tennessee. And by the way, that's at Jacksonville and at Tennessee. So we shouldn't see those same winds in the same weather conditions. We should actually see, you know, phenomenal ones. So if Baker Mayfield, can get it downfield to these guys and they can be competitive games. Like I'm loving Kadero Hodge. I mean, he is that guy. He is that deep threat that can turn into these big plays. How do you feel about Hodge? The big thing for me here is if Baker Mayfield can get the ball downfield to him, he's been so inconsistent this year, but if he, I mean, that could all change. He's been playing some bad weather. Like you said, the last couple of weeks, with all that wind, if he can, if Mayfield can get it downfield to him, I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. So go ahead and tell us who you don't want any, anything to do with when it comes to the wide receiver position. So I know he had a huge week this past week, but Willie Sneed, like don't (laughs) just don't be fooled by it guys. My big thing with him is that he's wide receiver two in an offense that just isn't really throwing the ball. I mean, Hollywood Brown hasn't been great. And he's the wide receiver one, essentially, there. So Snead had one good week. Awesome if you had him on your roster this week. Great for DFS in certain situations, but he's just not reliable enough to me to spend any fab on. Unless you're so desperate and there's no one else left and you have to get somebody in a slot just to get five points if you can. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't like it. Willie Sneed's a waste of time. I mean, I had to throw up his, his measurements over here on the screen. This is just embarrassing. Like, absolutely embarrassing. This is not a player I want to own, guys. I can understand he can't be that check down receiver. You know, and he sees a lot of targets when the tight ends go out. So that's always a good thing. But, you know, when it comes to upside, like, he has a very low floor and a very limited upside. Uh, you know, we probably saw the best game of his career this past weekend. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm pretty sure it was like it's up there, top five games of his career, if not the best game of his career. I believe it. All right, so let's hop over to the tight end position. All right, this tight end position this week is tricky, okay? And I'm going to start out with a guy that I've been talking about. I'm bringing him up with Mike on our show on Wednesday nights multiple different times, and that's going to be Dallas Goddard, all right? If Goddard is out there, he's got a sexy matchup up against Cleveland. And Cleveland, right, their numbers are showing off a little bit better than what they actually are. They started out rough. I don't know if you guys remember this, but they started out rough the first four games of the season. And then they faced nobody 
for the last five games of the season outside of Darren Waller, who, by the way, they did do a good, a good job with, but there's not too many other options in that game. Like we just brought up on the Baker Mayfield side of things, that game was a mess. You could not pass in that game. So with that being said, Cleveland has looked, like I said, number wise, a lot better than they actually are. And now they got to face Goddard with an offense. that's kind of opening up. It's kind of blossoming. I understand they had a rough game up against the giants. And I think the giants are probably a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. But yeah, it's something as to where I think that Goddard could smash, could absolutely smash this week. I think he can melt faces, and I think he can finish up as the tight end one on the week. If Goddard's out there, I'm grabbing him. I am grabbing Goddard if he's playing. Or if he's out there on your waivers, I mean. I, I love the melt faces. That was a good one. He's going to melt faces. He is. He he's is. Melt you're right. He is. He is. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's a smash play for me. Go get him if he's out there. The other one, and this is the cheat code. So if you guys stay tuned until now, right? If you guys stay tuned in up until now, you're going to figure out my cheat code. And my cheat code is not difficult, right? The cheat code should be pretty obvious for everybody. And that's going to be Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, who has tight end eligibility, who not only is going to see, you know, targets in the passing game, line up as a wide receiver, right? Line up as a running back. He's also going to line up as a quarterback. And he's going to get some opportunity to throw some touchdown passes and run some wildcat. Like this is just an easy, easy answer. I mean, we saw Taysom Hill on, on so many snaps this past week, you know, taking away snaps from Jameis Winston, even when Jameis Winston was doing hot, you know, doing well. And he was hot on some of those drives. Either way, like Taysom Hill could end up putting up tight end one numbers while not even playing tight end at all. If we sit there and we look at his snaps last week, right? So I did want to pull this up. I was trying to buy myself some time. So I had some, some time to pull up these snaps. We're sitting there last week and we are looking at a total of, let's see, 22 snaps last week compared to Jameis Winston's 34. That's, I mean, that's something that I want out of the tight end position every single time. And I know that he's going to have a rough time, you know, providing results but i mean this past week we saw i think the highest scoring tight end was like 13.1 or something ridiculous like that so this tight end landscape being as barren as, as it is Taysom hill could be that cheat code the same way that jalen samuels was back what was it two years ago three years ago where he yeah. was actually a running back and he he got put in as a tight end because that's what he got drafted as so i love 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 some Taysom hill in the tight end spot if you guys can play in there how you feeling I love it. I love Taysom Hill. I, he's such a, he reminds me of Cornell Stewart, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just going to be too easy. Like I'm picking him up and I'm playing him if I stream tight ends. Now, am I going to play him over guys like uh, Kelsey? No, no. But if you're, if you're a little bit weak, if you're a little bit iffy, then you got to give him a shot over there. Yep. All right. So Titans to stash for the future. And this is kind of funny because I'm actually going with another saints tight end, right? And that's going to be Adam Troutman. That's right. Adam Troutman. Josh Hill exited the game with a concussion. And guess who came back to lead the Saints in tight end snaps? Who's actually done it, by the way. He's done it in, what, two weeks now. And has beat out Jared Cook in four weeks when it comes to snap percentages. Now, one was due to injury. But still, either way, he is still the guy that could produce a very massive week. And he's running routes out there. That's Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman, baby. He's got Atlanta. He's got Atlanta this week, right? 
And we don't know if Josh Hill is going to be in. This could be a smash, smash play for Truman, who, by the way, guess who he was practicing with this entire offseason and getting the practice reps this entire season so far? Who has he been getting practice reps with, Nate? Oh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis Winston. Of course. So they already have a connection. They have reps on the practice field together time and time and time again. I mean, this is something as to where not too many people are going to see it. And I don't know if I want to play him against Atlanta. I like it. I don't love it. But if I'm desperate, he's a pick up and play. If not, I still want to pick him up. I still want to put him on my roster. And I want to see that connection come to fruition with Jameis Winston. So might be inconsistent, but I'm still hoping for it. Are you picking up, are you going to spend your, your waiver wire fab, your waiver wire priority at all on Adam Troutman? You going to let him fall to you and see what happens after the waivers, or are you not touching him at all? This is probably, I'm going to let him fall to me situation. I like his upside, but we don't know what's happening with Josh Hill, but I want to see what he does with Winston. I, I feel like the theme of this show today has been that the Saints are better with Jameis Winston, man. Yeah, dude, like, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I liked Troutman before having Winston in with him. The fact that they did the practice reps, I love it. I'm probably going to let him fall. Probably not going to spend any fab on him, but if he falls, I'm, I'm going to grab him for sure. Love it, man. Absolutely love it. Guys, that's actually going to be it for us. Did you have anybody else you wanted to bring up? No, man, we hit it all. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a, a tight end on, on, you know, fab right now that, or not a tight end that I'm not going to say, like, don't waste your fab on because this tight end landscape is so brutal and we don't know who's going to go off each week. So I don't really have a guy that I'm going to say, oh, don't go pick him up. He's, it's going to backfire. You know, there's, there's not somebody out there like that for me. So, yeah, I mean, unless you want to dive so deep into like Colin Thompson, who's a tight end for the, uh, you know, the Carolina Panthers who caught a touchdown on, you know, his only reception on the season. You know, yeah, don't go waste, waste your fab yeah, on right. him. But yeah, anyways. Guys, I appreciate y'all tuning in. If you guys want to check out our stuff, you guys can find us at joinourcircle underscore. And also, you guys can check out our sponsor, thrivefantasy.com. Thrivefantasy.com. Go out there and sign up for Thrive Fantasy, guys. It's prop bets. You just pick 10 of them out of the 20 that you have, right? And you go and you build up lineup just like you would, uh, you know, DFS or a fantasy lineup. Go pick up 10 player props out of the 20. Go play them. Thrivefantasy.com. And then when you go in there and you sign up, use promo code circle for joining our circle once again that's promo code circle if you guys put in at least 20 bucks they'll match anything up to 50 dollars for you guys and y'all can go win money it's super simple super simple i absolutely love it i wish i could play but i'm in virginia so i can't i did register but i, I can't play so anyways guys i appreciate y'all for tuning in nate let everybody know where to find you real quick you can find me on twitter at janet jack 2017 you can find my columns at in-betweenmedia.com and at IBT underscore media on Twitter and with all the uh, Join Our Circle crew. Yeah, man. We have a good time over there, Join Our Circle. Yeah, we do. Make sure you guys go check us out at Join Our Circle underscore on Twitter and come check me out, FF underscore intervention. Thank you guys for tuning in again and thank you guys for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. We're out. Hey, my mom's dope. My niggas is dope. Switch up a stove. Pick up a stove. They're feeling away. They know I'm the goat. That's how you bang a podcast.